God is good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you so much for being here this night. Boy, I'm more than us showing up. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit of God decided to show himself strong in this place tonight. I'm so thankful. Uh, we can, we're just so thankful to be able to be a part of the services here tonight. And once again, to be able to sing, but then to be able to come and preach the Word of God tonight. I know that you guys have had phenomenal preaching last night. So thankful for uh, the opportunity to be here tonight and Sunday. And last Sunday, well, Sunday evening, we were in the book of Revelation. But it's so glad to be here tonight and just be in the book of Genesis tonight. So go ahead, grab your Bible, turn to the book of Genesis. While you're turning there, uh, tomorrow night, I know you'll not want to miss it. It'll be a blessing uh, Brother Joe, my pastor, I love him, and uh, I'm so thankful that uh, he'll be down here. Uh, whether he whispers, uh, whether he preaches like forked lightning like you're used to him doing, uh, whether he does whatever, as long as he's pleasing God, and I know, thank God, he does, uh, that it, and the Lord shows up like he has tonight, boy, you'll have another wonderful service tomorrow night. Pastor Yancey, thank you so much for allowing me once again to be here and uh, so, so thankful for that. If you will, stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. And uh, so uh, amazed that God just works in ways that He has uh, throughout our lives. And to be able to see the things that God has done in our life. How many of you came to get a blessing tonight? Amen. How many of you already got done with a blessing tonight? Praise God. How many of you say, Brother Shane, just shut up, say amen, and we'll just leave right now? Well, I see that hand in the back. Husband, get your wife under subjection back there. Amen. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But so thankful for that. Uh, the book of Genesis chapter number 24. The book of Genesis chapter number 24. If we look in verse number 57 with me, I'm so uh, amazed at the word of God and it blesses my soul. But verse number 57, chapter number 24 in the book of Genesis, it says this. And the word of God says this. And they said, we will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, look at this question, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. And they sent away Rebekah, their sister, and, their nurse, and her nurses, and Abram's servant and his men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this evening. God, we thank you for what we've already felt tonight. God, how your Holy Spirit has already shown yourself strong tonight. God, we thank you. It's already been good to be in the house of God. And God, I beg you right now that you just touch. God, I pray you touch me, God, an empty vessel of yours. Lord, empty me of myself. Fill me with the Holy Spirit of God. May I preach, God, as you'd have me to preach in power and an unction of the Holy Spirit of God. May God, I not try to bring anything to myself, attention to myself, but God, lift you high and lift it up, God, as you are. Lord, I pray you'd guard my mouth and my mind, God, as we preach the Word of God tonight. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. You go ahead and be seated. So wonderful with the words of God, but we see so much wisdom in the Word of God. I love the book of Proverbs. I love the book of Psalms, how the Psalms are always praising God, and we get to praise Him. And I thank God we just got a little taste of what heaven just might be like to be able to praise Him when we get to the other side. And then we get to the book of Proverbs and how it gives us wisdom and how it asks so many different questions. And there are questions that are all, all asked throughout the Bible. And the Word of God asks these questions. 
that we might be able to come to realization as to what is going on, not only in our own life, but what God is willing to do with us and what He is desiring to do with each and every one of us. And these questions are very pointed. And the Bible uh, not only is a book of questions, but thank God it is a book of answers. (laughs) Thank God that it has the answer to the greatest question of all time. That thank God that we now have Jesus Christ is the answer. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the light, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. And if I look for an answer throughout this Bible, I can see that Jesus Christ is on the page of every page of this Bible. And so thankful that we look through these questions and we see those uh, uh, Bible that poses those abundant questions and demands these answers. And they all demand a decision that we have to make. Each and every one of us have to decide whether we're going to do one thing or the other. To be honest with you, I've even told, I've been told, you do some research, that some of us will do, the average person will do anywhere from 20 to 30,000 decisions a day. Wow. Some of them will even do 30 to 40,000 decisions a day. You say, Brother Shane, what, what possibly are those kind of decisions that you're looking at? Those kind of decisions are whether I put the snooze button or whether I continue to sleep. That's a decision that you make. Whether you get up and you want to put on a blue shirt or a white shirt or an orange shirt, whatever you want to wear, your, the clothes that you wear, whether you want to brush your teeth or not. And I hope we all brushed our teeth tonight. But... We have all of these times that we make all these decisions. We decide what we want to do. We decide whether we want to go here, whether we want to go there. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, a lot of people say they don't like fast food, but I'm going to be honest with you. I believe Taco Bell will be served at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I... My wife does not agree with me on that. She says that is terrible food. And I say, baby, it's wonderful to have Taco Bell. And uh, we should bring it to the house of God every once in a while. That's what I feel. But, amen. Hallelujah. But we have all these decisions that we make. And the Word of God asks these questions. You say, what is it? Well, Jesus Christ began to ask his, his disciples, whom do men say that I am? And he began to go through and say, well, some say that you're the uh, uh, risen John the Baptist. Some say that you're Isaiah. Some say that you're a prophet. Some say that you're this and that. But then Jesus Christ gets very pointed with them. And thank God I remember the day that Jesus got very pointed with me and said, who do you say that I am? And it's what we do with that question that is absolutely vital to our eternity. And no matter what's going on in our life, we have to decide what we decide about that question, whether who we think Jesus Christ really truly is. And I just want to stand back real quick and just say this. Thank God that I know he's the son of God. The virgin-born Son of God that came down and sacrificed His life for each and every one of us, every man, woman, boy, or girl, that thank God that we would be able to go to a better place and not have to live in this old awful world, but we can look forward to a better day in heaven with Him. Thank God that we can do that, but then also some of these other questions that the Philippian jailer asked. He said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Hmm. I remember I asked that question as a six-year-old little boy. What must I do to be saved? I remember this. Pastor, I remember that I was sitting on the, uh, I said something about it Sunday night. We were sitting over on the side and, and we had those amen 
sinners over there. Amen pews. Y'all remember those on the side of the church where there's just a few over there? And uh, I was sitting over there and Jesus Christ started dealing with my heart and I, I, wasn't, I didn't come to get saved. I'll be honest with you. I didn't come. I, I came to sing with my family. I came to do a few things, enjoy uh, what, what I'd be able to play. And, and I'd love to play the drums. I, I, I came to play the drums that night. But then Brother Ray Hill got up and preached like a fork of lightning and the Holy Spirit of God began to deal with my heart and Jesus Christ began to deal with my heart. And I, uh, about the altar call time, I started tugging on my dad's coattail. And I said, Daddy, Daddy. He said, now, now, son, this is serious time. And I said, I know, Daddy, I know, because Jesus is talking to me right now. Amen. And I remember the day that I got saved, and I remember the day that I asked that question, what must I do? And thank God that he came into my life that day. And then we also have Nicodemus in John chapter number 3 simply asked this question, how can a man be born again? Thank God that we know the answer to that because Jesus Christ gave us the answer to that in his word as well. But then there are questions that God just point blank begins to ask you and God uh, will ask us and we have to deal with these questions in our life. You say, well, what would be some of those? The very first question that is posed is by Satan in John chapter number or uh, Genesis chapter number three. But then the second question that is asked is asked by God himself directly to Adam and Eve. He asked them. Where are you? Where are you? Not that God didn't know where they were. God knows where we are tonight. As a matter of fact, God knew that you'd be here tonight before the eons of time ever began. God knew what we would be doing on this evening. God knew that Brother Joe would not be able to make it and I'd have the fortune to be able to preach. Thank God that I'm able to do that. And thank you people for, for being able to back us up and enjoy this time. And, and, and God, though, he was asking Adam and Eve, where are you? Genesis chapter number three, verse number nine is where it is. And then he asked Eve when he gets real, real, real close and gets in real personal with Eve in John chapter or Genesis chapter number three, verse number 13. He goes into it and he says, what? Have you done? Mm. Eve, Adam, Eve, where are you? Now, what have you done? When you get to Genesis chapter number 4, he begins to go a little further. He asked, his he asked Cain, where is your brother? Goes a little further and he says, what have you done, Cain? And boy, there's a lot of things in our life where we have to understand that God uh, has these answers and he has these questions and he, and he doesn't, uh, doesn't want to know because we, we need to give him information. But we need to, he needs to ask these questions that will allow us to admit and to understand just where we are. Have you ever had God ask you a question and you thought, God, you know the answer to that, but let me think about it for a minute. Boy, those questions that we have is here. And in our text, we have this question that is asked and posed before us. It's not only a demand, it demands this decision, but also it is uh, this present time that we have the same thing. What will you do? Will you go with this man? I want to ask you this night, uh, uh, wilt thou go? Genesis chapter number 24 is speaking to each and every one of us tonight. Will you go? Wilt thou go with this man? Will you make the decision to go on? Our text is there. It's look at verse number 58, Genesis chapter number 24, verse number 58, real quickly. And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. 
I'm amazed at how the Word of God is brought together and God directed men of God and inspired them and they pinned down the very Word of God. And what we hold in our hands is not a thought process by men that have conjured something together. What we hold in our hand tonight is the very Word of God. It is infallible and errant. Thank God that I have uh, so much confidence in the Word of God that I, I base my life on it. And if we base our eternity on it, we might as well base our life life on it as well. Now let me go ahead and say this. We just go ahead and filter everything that we do in our life, whether it be uh, from one direction or the other, every aspect of your life. And I know this may not be my place, but the music you listen to and the television shows you watch and the things, the magazines that you're looking at and the books that you are reading and the things that we look up and see on the internet, all of these things get filtered through the Word of God. If the Word of God doesn't agree with it, then we ought to get rid of it. That was, that was, that was free. That wasn't even part of the sermon. We go on and we see how the perfect Word of God is perfectly woven together. These men that God had inspired and brought them together. And, and how we can see that certain ones that uh, picture God Himself. And, and here we have a beautiful picture. When we begin to look through this chapter, chapter number 24, we see a beautiful picture of the Trinity right before us in the Word of God. You say, Brother Shane, how could you possibly see something simple as that? Well, I'll say it this way. Abraham stands as the father, the loving, caring father that has a son that he walked up a lonely hill. <laughs> Come on, glory to God. The father that brought his son and, and was going to go ahead and, and, and faithfully lead that son to a place of sacrifice because God had told him to do that. We have Abraham standing as the father, allowing everything to be done, sending everybody out, working in several different ways. But then you say, well, where else do we see? We also see Isaac, the son. Who is the Isaac, the son? The willing one that trusted or trudged up that hill. The one that was a, a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ that was willing to lay down his life for each and every one of us. Philippians chapter number 2 verse number 8 says that he was an obedient uh, even unto death. And that's an amazing thing that God could touch our lives and that he would be willing uh, even through death to lay down his life for us. I, and people say well Brother Shane it talks about a lad. Well a lad could be up to even 30, 40, uh, 30, 30 miles an hour. Praise God I've been thinking about speeding. 30 years old. You think about going through that. And I'll be honest with you. I don't think a man at the age of Abraham would be able to wrestle down a guy, a 30-year-old young strapping guy, probably like Isaac was. I believe that that beautiful picture is that Isaac said, I see this, I see the fire, I see the wood, I see everything that we need to have. But where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said that God will provide himself a sacrifice. Thank God that he did that. He did that on a lonely hill, not only for Abraham, Abraham and Isaac, <laughs> but he did it for us on a lonely hill called Calvary on Golgotha's hill. He gave a sacrifice that each and every one of us is sufficient for each and every one of us. You say, well, Brother Shane, there's the Father, there's the Son, there's the Holy Ghost as well as part of the Trinity. Where in the world do you possibly see the Trinity? Where's the Holy Ghost in this uh, account that we have in chapter number 24 of Genesis? Well, it's beautiful as we see that. That servant is one that's uh, viewed as the Holy 
Holy Spirit. We see that Eliezer, most likely, most people believe that Eliezer, the head servant or the eldest servant of Abraham, was the one that Abraham trusted to go get his son a bride. Let me say that again. The father trusted his servant to go get his son a bride. The father trusted his servant to go get his son a bride. You say, well, what in the world are you thinking about? Well, I believe that the Holy Spirit of God is wooing us. Telling us about the Son, telling us about how wonderful Jesus Christ is and how, thank God, that we have a sacrifice through Him that has been uh, satisfied, the Father, and, and we can have a relationship now. We can have a relationship with not only the Son, but we can have a relationship with the Father and we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. And it's so wonderful to be able to know that God Almighty is sitting through there and He's working all these things out. And now He sent out the Holy Spirit of God, the one that not only comforts me, not only the one that helps me along the way. Not only the one that I can feel, Lord, oh my, when he wraps his arms around me. When I, can, when I need a touch from God, the Holy Spirit wraps himself around us. Thank God that he has that, that time and he's not speaking of anybody else. He's not speaking of himself. He's not saying, look who I am. He doesn't say, look at what's going on in my life. They doesn't look at what's going on. Eliezer, this servant, is not pointing to himself. He's not pointing to the riches that he has. He's not pointing to anything because it's not of him it's of the father and the son that has sent him and boy I'm going to tell you John chapter number 16 verse number 13 simply says that how be it when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself but whatsoever he shall hear that shall he speak and he will show you things to come I am so glad that the Holy Spirit of God has walked into my life thank God he has taken up a bold inside of me and I just believe that there's probably some people here tonight that have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you as well and thank God that we can wait, raise our hands and worship him and say thank God that you showed me the Way. Thank God that you've given me the answer. Thank God that the sacrifice has been made. Boy, it's so wonderful to see that. That servant had a very distinct problem, a distinct direction to go in. His mission was very set forth. And in the same chapter, you look in John. Uh, I keep saying John, praise God. Got John on the mind. Genesis chapter number 24, early on in the chapter, we see that in verses 2 through 9, and I won't make you go through it. We're not going to take time to read through that. But Abraham gives him his mission. This is what you are to do. And in verse number 34 through 41, you could go home and read it later on tonight. When you look through those verses, he actually goes and he recounts, this is what my master has told me to do. This is what he has told me to do, and this is how it happened. He assigns him a mission that he should have. And that faithful servant of God was assigned a specific duty to perform for the Father. And he was to go out and search for that bride. And thank God we have that beautiful picture. And this servant did not go wherever he decided or wherever he wanted to go. He was directed by the Father where to go. Just, just read it in the Bible. Just trust me. Read it in the Bible when you get there tonight. Praise God. His mission was assigned to him. But then also he had a method. Thank God that people don't always uh, go on their own and decide to do whatever they want to do. Look at this. He searched 
for direction from God. In verses 10 through 14, it talks about this is how it actually happened. And then verse number 42 through 44, this is what Eliezer is actually recounting to the people, to Rebekah's people. And boy, he got a direction. He prayed that God would pr prosper that mission that he had been assigned. And the first question is, will you give me a drink of water? And then watch to see if she would draw water uh, for the camels. What an assignment. What a prayer. What a thought do you say? Why would he do that? And he, I mean, he didn't speak of himself when he went on. His method was not to say, hey, look at what I have, but look at what my master has. And then he also lavished those gifts that were from the Father and from the Son. And he lavished. And thank God that we've been given those gifts. But then lastly, we look at the marvel that began to happen in this servant's life. What happened in verses number 15 through 28, read it on this evening, when you begin to see his response of Rebecca, that what happened, uh, what he prayed for was exactly what took place. You say, how in the world is that? Well, this woman came up and started to give, uh, uh, to draw from the water, uh, the well to the water, and to be able to see, and, and Eliezer, that servant, faithfully asked Miss Rebecca, will you give me a drink of water? And what happened? He was absolutely marveling. He was amazed because not only did he give him, she give him a, a, a drink of water, but then she said, and while you're drinking, let me go ahead and get enough water for your camels. Now, this is no small task. Why? Because if you got, let's do math. Y'all with me? We'll do math. I hope y'all are better at it than I am. But the math that we can do is there's 10 camels. And let's just say, a lot of them say, a lot of people say that anywhere from 20 to 30 gallons of water is how much water that a camel could drink if he's completely uh, out of water and needs to refill himself and replenish himself. But let's just, let's just say that they weren't all that thirsty. God had mercy on her soul. And let's just say this, that she had to draw five gallons of water for every one of the 10 camels. So how, how, how much water... How many gallons would that be? 50. I'm glad I'm better at math than I thought I was. I, it's the same thing I thought. I just want to make sure y'all said the same thing. 50 gallons of water to be able to go through. To be able to, you think about pulling that water up out of there and bringing it up one more time. And he was marveling at how that happened. And then all of a sudden, when he saw that God had answered his prayer, he began to just get down and worship God and thank God at how great he had been and how wonderful that he had done that. And not only do we have that Trinity that's in there, but we also see the bride of Christ in Rebecca. She was faced with a, a life-altering decision. And I'll be honest with you, you have a life-altering decision every day of your life. Am I going to serve God? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to continue to do what God has told me to do? Am I going to stick to the Word of God? Am I going to go the direction that Jesus Christ has told us to go in? Am I going to do this? Boy, the first decision that we have to make is, am I going to trust Jesus Christ with my eternity? Will I trust Him? And know that he has done a great work for me. I hope that every one of us here in this room have been able to do that. But I'll be honest with you, most likely in a crowd of this size, there's probably a few of us that haven't yet been able to make the decision to trust Christ as our Savior. And tonight is a wonderful night to be able to get that settled. But not only that, decisions that we have is, am I going to keep on serving 
Jesus Christ? Am I going to continue to do what God has called me to do? Am I going to listen attentively that I might know what God really truly wants to do with me in my life? Will I go with this man? Will I really go and give my life to him? Will I really just set everything aside? Will I say, I'm not worried about what my bosses say anymore. I'm going to just serve God. Am I not worried about what my family may say anymore? I'm just going to serve God. I'm not worried about what peer pressure will say anymore. I just want to serve God. Wilt thou go with this man? Boy, that is a question that every one of us have to answer. And thank God that we see that that bride of Christ or the bride of Isaac was one that said without hesitation, I will go. And thank God we can do that as well. And he doesn't decide for us. He doesn't tell us what we need to do. or uh, Well, he tells us what we need to do. But he doesn't tell us that you're going to have to make this. You're going to have to make this decision. He doesn't force that upon us. He gives the complete decision power to every one of us. But I want you to notice three things and I'll be done real quickly. I want you to look at the call. Look at the call that we had. Genesis chapter number 24, verse number 58. Will thou go with this man? This was a direct question that needed a direct and a definitive and a decisive answer. Something that wasn't going to go. It was clear call. It was unwavering. You didn't have to question, well, does God really want me to do this? Really, does God want me to do that? It was a clear call that was set before. Boy, the servant's request, when we see in verse number 58, wilt thou go with this man? And it was a simple plea. And when Christ comes to us, it is a simple plea is, will you trust me? Boy, we already got to sing that wonderful song. I trust it. Glory to God. It's so sweet to trust in Jesus Christ. It's so sweet to trust him. And we can sing those songs and we can raise our hands and we can get excited about what that. But boy, are we really truly down deep inside of our lives and inside of our hearts? Are we really trusting Jesus Christ? Are we really giving everything over to the Lord Jesus Christ? There wasn't any, no, there were no pressure, high pressure sales tactics when this man was going on. He just told the story of Isaac. I like it when the pastor and the preacher just tells me the story of Jesus. Just brag on Jesus. Don't tell me anything else. Don't go anywhere else. Don't go into that boy. He started to sell you. I need to tell you about Isaac. I want to tell you about this man that I'm asking you that if you'll go with him, if you will actually give your life and continue on. Boy, there's a long way to go. Will you go with this man? And he begins to tell the story. His miraculous birth. Boy, his mother and father were well past the age. They were not supposed to be able to have any children. But the miraculous birth... Of, of, of Isaac came forth. He was named before his birth. <sighs> Pastor, I'm getting excited. I'm on preaching. I'm sorry. But he was named before his birth ever happened. God told Abraham and Isaac, this is what you're going to name him. Boy, it's starting to sound familiar. Starting to really sound familiar to me. He was the only son of promised. Mm. It's starting to feel even more uh, familiar to me. And then we say, he was taken and he was offered. He was going to be offered on a lonely hill. Starting to, 
starting to feel real, real, real uh, recognizable to me that I'm actually seeing what God is trying to picture here for us. And he presented the facts. He presented that, boy, there's a miraculous birth. And there was a man that was named before his birth. And this man was the only one that was of promise. And this man was uh, uh, brought up a lonely hill. Boy, I remember the day when I was that boy and six years old that he was offered to me. He laid out the facts, Pastor Yancey. He laid out the facts and said, this was who Jesus Christ is. And this is what Jesus Christ has done for you. And all you have to do is make a decision with him. The call is very clear. But boy, I want you to see the bride's response. The bride's response is really amazing. Three words. Now men, back, back me up. Have you ever asked your wife? Oh my. I forgot she was here. <laughs> it's too late. Have you ever asked your wife and all you wanted was a simple, simple answer? That man is laughing, praise God. All you wanted was a simple answer. All you got to say, yes or no. You don't have to tell me why you want to do this, what direction you want to go in. Hey, do you want to go to Taco Bell? That's the only one she actually says no to. Will you do this? What you? Boy, and she's got to give you a response. It's about uh, three paragraphs long. I'm not asking for a dissertation. You're not trying to get a doctorate on where we're going to go out to eat. Praise God. And boy, that's just simply what? What didn't take a dissertation? Didn't take a long time. The bride's response was real simple. Three words. I will go. She didn't uh, hesitate. She didn't uh, what gave a direct answer. She didn't hesitate. She didn't wish go wishy-washy. She didn't say, well, I don't know. Or, well, I don't know, mom, dad, what do you think? Or, uh, well, my brother, what do you think? Or begin to ask all these other folks, well, what do you think? Boy, when Jesus Christ gets gets real with us and begins to settle in with us and to be able to talk to us and say, will you go with this man? Will you do this for me? I'm calling you to get this done. I'm calling, boy, we don't need to worry about going and asking everybody else. When God says move, we need to move. When God says do something, we need to go on and move on. The bride's response is wonderful. Boy, I'm sure that she had a hundred reasons as to why not do that. Boy, I'm sure that mom and dad said, boy, you shouldn't go with this guy. We've never saw him. We don't know what kind of, I, we don't know if he's a con man. We don't know if he's a crook. We don't know what's happening in his life. We had, I don't know any of those things, but boy, she had decided that I'm going to move forward. And then all of a sudden you say, how could she make such a decision to go and marry a man and never see him? Well, I don't know. The word of God don't tell us that part. But it does say this, how could you, as a child of God, decide to go and live for somebody that you have never seen? Peter says it best this way. In 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 8, he says, Whom ye have not seen, ye love. In whom through ye uh, now ye see him, not yet believing, yet rejoicing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Boy, I'm glad that I've never seen Jesus Christ face to face. I have never seen him in his physical body. But there is coming a day that I will. Boy, I love him. I thank God for him. I thank that he gave his life for me. I thank him that he has uh, done all of these wonderful things that, that I might be able to go through life and to be able to depend upon him. But boy, there's coming a day when the sky will split open 
and Jesus Christ will come into view. And boy, I will see him face to face and be able to worship him face to face. Not only we see the call quickly, number two, we see the conquest. What is the conquest that they had to go through? Well, when you begin to look through, look at verse number 61. Genesis chapter number 24, verse number 61. Then a, a Rebekah arose and her damsel, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. And the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Sure, Brother Shane, what is so wonderful. Boy, look at the conquest. The conquest is there. Now, I'll be honest with you, this is not an easy journey. They didn't have airlines airplanes. They didn't have big long buses that had multiple seats with indoor plumbing, praise God. They didn't have any of these amenities that we need to have, but yet they were on camels having to read camel, or ride those camels. Boy, camels tra travel at about three miles an hour. Does anybody else, well, y'all don't, y'all live down here, praise God, in God's country, but we live up in Atlanta where nobody knows how to drive. You got five lanes of traffic. Everybody stopped for some reason. Boy, I've told people you can get their phone number at the next exit if you'll just get out of the way. You can do something else. You just continue on. Boy, that this is traveling that they did. They didn't have all those amenities, but the journey that they went on, they begin to travel across those deserts and they begin to climb those mountains and go through those difficult times. And, and boy, the great thing about it is during that conquest, the servant was there with her. Yes, glory to God. The servant was right along there with her. As a matter of fact, this is what I love. She didn't say, I'll tell you what, I know where you are. You gave me the address. I'll Google it and I'll get over there before long. I'll get on ways. And whoever invents ways and tells people to go down the streets that I want to go on, don't do that anymore. Let them go somewhere else. Boy, when we get that conquest, she didn't say, I'm going to meet you over there in a few days. I'll be able to go on down the road. And, and, and I know a better, are you ready? I know a better way. I know the direction that I need to go. Boy, my pastor tells me all the time. He says, Shane, you cannot drive in a car with a GPS and a woman at the same time. Why not? Because no man can serve two masters. That's my pastor. That's, that's what my pastor says. So I'm just quoting him. Y'all give him a hard time tomorrow night. Boy, we go through and, and we see it. And I get GPS and it'll tell you. But then, uh, Brother Tyson, sometimes I think, boy, I know a better way than this, this GPS knows. And I know that this road is doing this and this road is doing that. And, and I ought to go ahead and, and, and just take my time and, and go the direction that I want to go. Even though this GPS has already charted my course and it's already taken into consideration that I will be able to go through the gas station or, praise God, maybe a Taco Bell. And then we'll be able to go through there and see that... The traffic is already going to go over this way and that way, but we'll go through. But, but no, I say, I know a better way. Does y'all's GPS do this? It says recalculating. Recalculating. I think the third time it goes, <sighs> recalculating. You go and you see that conquest that they're going across and her guide was right there along the side of the way. You look in verse number 61, it says that, and, he, and they followed the man. And look at the end of that verse, it says, and went his way. 
Didn't go her own way, but went the way. Boy, it'd be real good if we just decided, God, I know you know the way better than I do. God, I know that you know the direction that I'm already headed in. God, I already know that you've already taken into consideration everything that's happened in my life. God, I already know that you've touched these situations that I've already been before. But God, I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to leave the, the way that you want me to go. I'm going to go ahead and go to the way that you've told me to go. Oh, how the Holy Spirit of God will lead us and be our God with the Bible that He has given to us. Thank God that we have the map to be able to make it all the way through. Thank God that the Holy Spirit of God will be the God that we need every step of the way. Her God, but also her guard. Mm. During that conquest, boy, there's a treacherous journey facing so many dangers. He was out there to, to guard her from the attacks that might come. She wasn't really sure what was around the next corner. There was a, they didn't know really what was going to happen, but they knew without a shadow of a doubt that, boy, that servant, I like this. He's already come from that way. He's already been from that way, and he knows how to get back the way I need to go. He's already been through everything that I need to know about. Glory to God, the Holy Spirit of God came down and was sent from glory. Glory to God. And now he knows the way to be able to lead us right back to him. What a wonderful conquest that we can have. Boy, you think about shielding from the elements of that desert. Boy, the sun that's beaten down. Boy, he tried to help her, comfort her in those times, in those midnight hours where she just might be saying, I'm getting a little homesick. I'm not really, I'm not, I need to know more a little more about it. Why don't you tell me a little more, more about him? And then all of a sudden, Eliezer, that servant, would start to tell him, boy, I want to tell you one more time about, boy, that time that uh, his father took him up the hill. Boy, I want to tell you one more time about the birth that he was able to have. Boy, there's times in my life where I need the Holy Spirit of God to comfort me. And he says, let me tell you the story of Jesus one more time. Let me tell you one more time how good God has been to you. Let me tell you one more time that the sacrifice Sacrifice is sufficient for you. Boy, comfort me in those midnight hours that we have. Thank God that we have the Holy Spirit of God to do those things. But lastly, number three, number three, there's the crossing. The crossing that you have, look at verse number 64. Genesis chapter number 24, verse number 64. And Rebecca lifted up her eyes. This blesses me. And when she saw Isaac... She lighted off the camel. I know there's trials that she was facing. I know that there was journeys. And I'll be honest with you, there's journey that was long. But the journey had to come to an end. The journey had to cease at some point. And then all of a sudden, in the distance, she's riding that camel. <laughs> hey, servant. Who's that over there? Some, hey, he, he looks like somebody. Boy, he looks like somebody I need to get in touch with. He, needs, he looks like. And then all of a sudden the servant says, that is my master. There's, there's coming a day when the Holy Spirit of God within inside of us, there's coming a time that boy, we're just going to get over the hilltop. We're going to be able to look out and we're going to see the bridegroom on the top of the hill. 
Mm. He's going to be coming for us, thank God, that he'll bring us, boy, to himself. Boy, she looked up and she saw, and what she saw swept her off her feet. <laughs> now, I don't know about y'all, but I get excited when I think about Jesus Christ coming back. I get excited. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm amazed how, how big people are. People jump. Boy, people jumping. Now, don't laugh. It's not that funny now. When big people try to jump, they don't really get that far. But there's coming a day, brother, when Jesus Christ, he's going to call me. And I'm going to be light as a feather. Y'all ever been light as a feather? Glory to God. Not all of us. Amen. Pray for the rest of us. But here, we, there's a day when Jesus Christ comes up. Revelation chapter number four, verse number one. Right before we were last Sunday night, we we're going to look at that. Jesus Christ, our God Almighty, so looks over the portals of heaven, looks over the portals and says, come up hither. Now, I know y'all know what hither means because y'all are from around here. Glory to God. And, and, and I preach to some people that are Yankees and they don't know what hither means. But hither means get yourself over here. That's what it really means. And, and that's what my mama used to say to me all the time. Boy, that bride's reaction absolutely took her. It just swept her off her feet. And then the bridegroom in verse number 66, the bridegroom receives. And the servant, look at 66. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. Boy, I'm going to be honest with you. Isaac, we had to cross some mountains. There were some difficult mountains that we had to climb. Boy, I'm telling you, there's mountains that we all have to climb in our life. Boy... Isaac, we had to go through some rivers and some of them were pretty chilly and, and some of them were really wide and some of them were swift, but boy, we had to go through. We got through those. And Isaac, we had to go through some valleys even. Those valleys were hard to get through, but we were able to get through those because we, we knew the journey. We knew the way. We were bringing them all the way. But Isaac, when we saw you, it made it worth every mile of the trip. Aren't you glad that when Jesus Christ comes, it's going to make it worth every mile of the trip? Boy, it's worth every part of it. You say, well, Brother Shane, what can we do? How can we close this out? Well, I want you to look with me real quickly. There's an amazing thing that takes place. When they were on their journey, they journeyed through a little place called Shechem. So what's so significant about Shechem, Brother Shane? Well, number one, right before this is all happening, Abraham was the promised, the promised land, and God promised him a home in that land, and he decided, I'm going to follow God, I'm going to do that, and this happened, and he built an altar in Shechem. He built that altar, and I, always, I like to call that an altar of decision. I have decided to follow God. I went to an altar one day, and I had a decision to make. I have decided to follow Jesus. Then there's another one that actually happened some years later on. As a matter of fact, uh, it is one of their sons later on. There's an old oak tree that's right there around Shechem in that area. And someday Jacob is going to bury all his false gods. And he's going to devote himself to the one true God. He's going to say, God, I'm going to put everything else aside. I'm going to put everybody else aside. God, I'm only serving you. Boy, I also call that... An altar of devotion. I'm devoting myself to you, God. 
But a little later on, a little later on, Joshua is leading the children of Israel. The children of Israel go and they bring a stone and they place it around that oak tree. And there he preached his very last message. Choose you this day who you will serve. I like to call that an altar of determination. I'm determined to follow God. Boy, all those little places that they had to cross through and that little place, Shechem, had such an amazing thing, amazing things that were going to happen in the future. All of them have happened now. But here, every one of us are going to go through this on our journey. An altar of decision, an altar of devotion, an altar of dedication. And I want to ask you this tonight. Which one are you at? Have you decided to follow Jesus Christ? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior? You've decided to do that for Him? Or you may be at that altar that you say, Hey, I need to put some things away. I need to move some things out of my life. I need to make sure that I'm not uh, trying to please anybody else. I'm just going to follow the one true God. I'm going to devote myself to God tonight. Or could you be at that altar of determination to be able to say, I'm choosing, as for me and my house, mom and dad, as for me and my house. You know what, teenagers? It's not too early for you to say, as for me and my house. Because let me tell you this, young ladies, do you know that God already knows the young man that you're going to marry? Wow. I bet he's handsome too. Guys, do you know that God already knows the young lady that you're going to marry? And it's not too early. Pastor, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not too early for these young people to come down an altar and say, I'm determined and ask for me and my house. Mom, dad, ask for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. I wonder what decision you're at tonight. What altar are you at tonight? Boy, the call is clear. It's already come to you. The call is continue on. Boy, that conquest that we're going to have. And thank God that there's going to be a crossing. But right now, we're standing at an altar of what are we going to decide. Let's stand all over the building. Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for this evening. Thank you for what we felt. But God, I beg you that you just touch in this short time that we have. God, I pray that you just touch them. Touch the people or Maybe be watching on the way of the internet. Lord, touch the people who are standing in this auditorium tonight. God, whatever altar that they're standing at, whatever, whether they need to decide to follow you, whether they need to devote themselves to you, whether they need to determine, as for me and my house, I'm going to lead my family. And Lord, I'm begging God that somebody would just make a decision for you tonight. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I wonder if somebody just going to go ahead and slip out and say... I'm, on, I'm deciding right now, Brother Shane. I'm deciding I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. I'm determined that with all of my heart that I am going to take my family. I'm going to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I'm going to, I have decided to do this. I'm devoting myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm determined to do. Some are already moving. You go ahead and you make your way. Pastor, you come on ahead. Mm. Well, heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me ask you a question. Is there anybody in here 
you have your ticket. And you know your ticket is valid because you decided to follow Jesus. Slip your hand up and say, I know Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I've got my ticket. Can't wait till he comes to get me. Hands all over the building. Thank you and put them down. If there's any one person, any one person that doesn't have your ticket, you couldn't raise your hand. And don't, don't go home in that state tonight. The price has been paid. The gift was offered. His name is Jesus. Your sin debt has been paid. It would be a shame to miss heaven over something that was already paid for and you just didn't accept the gift. I want to ask you tonight, if you've never trusted Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, it's the most important decision you'll ever make to say, yes, I'll go. I'll follow him. And it's as simple as a prayer from your heart. Father, I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm just asking you to come into my heart. I just ask you to forgive me of my sins. Father, I'm just asking you to save my soul. In Jesus' name, it's up to you. Nobody can make that trip for you. Nobody can make that decision for you. Moms and dads can't make that decision for the children. Husbands and wives can't make that decision for each other. You can decide as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you can lead your house in a godly direction. But unless everybody in that house personally accepts Jesus Christ, they will not go to heaven. I wonder if there's anybody tonight that says, I just want to get it right tonight. I want to know that I know. I'm trusting Christ, my personal Lord and Savior. I've heard the message convicted my heart. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. I just want to slip your hand up right now and say, I have decided tonight. I've got everything right. I've got my ticket tonight. I know if Jesus came back today, I'd go to heaven. Because I've trusted Christ, my personal Lord and Savior. If there's anybody tonight. says, you know, I, I said, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. But we ain't really walked it that way. I said it, posted it, wrote it down, bought the shirt, but we're not really living it that way. Tonight would be a really good time to reinforce. As for me and my house, I can't change yesterday. I can't go back and fix one thing I've broken. I, I, can't, I can't unmistake any mistake that I made yesterday. But starting today, from this day forward, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord.